I was in a really bad place emotionally and just struggling with depression. And I had connected with Jim a bunch through that season. And I remember one of my friends was checking in with me and I was telling her about different revelations I had had. And she's like, you get these revelations when you work out. Why don't you just work out more? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I haven't worked out in six months. She's like, well, you're always going to the gym. And I'm like, no, Jim's my therapist. <laughs> And I just laughed because, you I know, like it. I, yeah, like it. I know it's hilarious. So thanks, Jim. I you're my, like you're my gym <laughs> membership. <laughs> uh, I keep taking your walks. Too, I know. Okay? I know. I'm just kidding. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to episode 29 of the podcast. You guys, I am so jazzed about today. Today's episode is another conversation with my therapist, Jim Beebe. So uh, if you guys have been around here for a little while, we heard from Jim back in episode five and episode six, and I will put those uh, links in the show notes as well. But today, you guys, today's a meaty conversation. Oh my gosh. And let me just tell you, one of the things that I just so appreciate about Jim is he's so disarming and he's so, he has a way to articulate things in our struggles in such a way where we don't feel bad for our struggles. We don't feel bad for our humanity. We don't, we don't, take on the shame that necessarily the world would put on us or the enemy would put on us, or we'd even put on ourselves for whatever struggles we are walking through. And, you know, we dive into this concept of acceptance. And if you're in any recovery circle, acceptance is a really big deal, right? So the serenity prayer, if you're not familiar with that, I'll, I'll say it, but it's God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. You guys, this phrase, this term acceptance, right? It is not a way of putting a stamp of approval on certain situations or certain places where we've been victimized or we've been hurt, or even we're not accepting the things in our lives that are frankly unacceptable. What it is, is it's more of a surrender. It's more of a surrender to reality, right? Where we're surrendering to God so that then hopefully we can build a life in the true reality of our circumstances, right? So much of my life, I spent this like tension of, it just shouldn't be, it just shouldn't be so, this shouldn't have happened, this shouldn't be happening, right? And all I was doing was fighting reality, right? And it was not very productive. If I wanted to change my reality, I at first had to accept reality, accept life on life's terms, and then figure out what to do with situations and circumstances. But if we're just wrestling it, it's really just building more angst and more uh, conflict within ourselves. One of the things that Jim mentions in the episode that I love, and I just wanted to mention it again, is he, he calls it, we're living in the age of anxiety, right? But he dives into what he calls the gap, the gap between what we think our lives or specific situations should be and what they actually are. And in that gap, that is where all the hurt, all the disappointment, all the regret, all the sadness, all the resentment, all the bitterness, all the anxiety, everything else negative you can think of in that gap, that's where it lives, right? We're going to dive into that. But one of the other things that Jim has said before, and he actually wrote an article kind of about this concept that I'll put a link in the show notes, and I didn't mention it in the episode, uh, so I'll mention it here. But he wrote an article, and in this article, he wrote, we live in the silent wish all the while living a dual citizenship between the world as I want it to be and the world that is, right? So we all have situations, we all have people, we all have circumstances, we all have things in our past that we wish were different. We even all have things in our future that we think are coming 
that we wish were different. But the reality is we live in what life is, right? And so how do you find joy? How do you experience God's love and acceptance and peace in really uncomfortable situations? And so Jim dives into some spiritual practices and and all that sort of stuff within the episode. And so you guys, I'm so excited. I mean, this is really good stuff. This is one of those episodes with Jim's help to be able to figure out how do we do this life. And so anyways, I'm super jazzed. I love Jim. He's had such a huge impact on my life and on my family. And so I just love sharing him with you guys. So also wanted to mention that spiritual intentions framework, you guys, uh, I'll put a link to it again in the show notes, but I was thinking as I was just listening to Jim's episode about all the spiritual practices that over the years that I have worked on to be able to live the life that I live, to be able to live at peace with my history, to be able to live at peace with the things in my past that were really hard to work through, to be able to live at peace in situations even right now, one day at a time. And the only way I know how to do that really are through these spiritual intentions, right? Some of them are spiritual disciplines that have been around for centuries, for gosh, thousands of years. Other of them are just other things that I've learned throughout the years through, uh, you know, my recovery ministry and, and all of that sort of thing. And so, but I kept thinking about the whole time I was listening to Jim's inner the conversation with him was just about the power of these practices and how the practices that we have in our lives to encounter God's love and his grace. You guys, we got to we got to do all we can to hold on to those and to cling to them. And if you have a great set of practices, man, double down on them right now. <laughs> stay focused on where you can experience God's love and his grace and his peace and his mercy, right? Because so like Jim mentions, we're in the age of anxiety, right? Well, that doesn't mean we have to live as a victim of that anxiety. We can still have anxiety, but yet be peaceful people, right? Because anxiety is more of like a circumstance, right? We can still have sadness or grief or loss, whatever we're walking through, and we still can experience joy, right? There's a difference between happiness and joy. Frankly, happiness is cheap. (laughs) I want joy, right? Because happiness is based on circumstances, I think, and I think it's fleeting. But I think joy, man, that's what I want. I want that joy in my soul. I want to feel it in my bones that I can be really sad and struggling and wrestling through grief, but yet still have this inner joy or this peace, right? And so that's what these practices are for. And so if you want to dive in more and you want to walk uh, with me hand in hand through some spiritual practices, please jump into the Spiritual Intentions Framework. I'd love to have you join me and others, and we're really jazzed about it. So again, the link will be in the show notes. But you guys, today's episode, buckle up, man. I think God has so much for us today through Jim's wisdom. He's been a therapist for 40 years, and I'm about to do his intro, but I just want to pray that our hearts are prepared I just want to pray. I want to pray before that our hearts are prepared for what God has for us today because I think today's really special. I think this whole this whole thing about acceptance can be a game changer for us. And you guys be patient with yourself. That's one of the things Jim is so gracious and so understanding and he talks about, you know, learning about and and walking in acceptance is not another thing to do on our to-do list, right? It's not another thing to beat ourselves up for because we suck at acceptance or it's not another thing to do, right? It's this place of like getting it into a daily part of our rhythm, right? And from a very gracious place, you guys, there are some things in your life right now that are so unacceptable. They're unacceptable to you. And I know God weeps for you in those places, but I believe God wants to encounter us in even the most hard places in our lives and live still a joyful, fulfilling 
life. You guys, you are not alone. So let me pray for you before we dive in. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for Jim. Thank you for his wisdom. Father, I pray you'd open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us today with all your grace and all your love. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, here we go. So like I said, Jim is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He's been a therapist for 38 years. You know, Jim, he's really, he has a pastor's heart. He has a shepherd's heart. So it's no surprise that he received his bachelor's from San Jose Bible College. He also received his master's degree from Fuller Theological Seminary in marriage and family counseling. Jim is the founder and the director of Abundant Life Counseling, and he really has a heart for integrating God's word and seeking wholeness spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. Jim and his awesome wife have been married for 33 years, and they have two wonderful grown children. Let's dig in. Welcome to a Holy Mess podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. Hi, Jim. Hi. Hi, Danny. Hey, thanks for coming back on the podcast. Uh, you're welcome. We love you. Our audience loves you. So I'm so glad you're here. I am super excited about this subject. Well, I'm excited to hear you talk about this subject. I don't necessarily love this subject. I'm not good yeah. at this subject. We're going to yeah. talk about you guys' radical acceptance today, which, man, and I was thinking this morning, Jim, and you can go for it, but I was thinking, this is such a practice. This is not something that we ever like, oh yeah, I figured out acceptance. I'm good to go. Like what's next? I think it's like a constant practice. So anyways, I'm so glad you're here. I love hearing you talk about this and I've heard you talk about it 12 kajillion times because I'm very thick headed and I need to hear these things over and over again, but I just think you're super articulate about it. So I'm super grateful that you said yes. So thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Well, it's something we all struggle with, all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Acceptance, right? It's so hard. I read this morning a quote. And so you guys, Jim sends out this, not daily, but pretty often quotes to a group of people. And can I invite them to join if they want it? Yeah. Yeah. I can give them my email address and they can email okay. me and I'll put them on the list. Awesome. If you guys want to join Jim's almost daily, maybe a few days a week, he sends like thoughts or quotes. And he actually instilled the, my, I love quotes. I have this thing called the vault with, I mean, I've probably gotten half of what I have in that vault from your quotes. It's amazing. It's, you know, authors, writers, people who have said stuff that speaks to our hearts. And so Jim sends this quote or thought, you know, a few days a week, if you want to join that, you can email Jim. I'll put his email address in the show notes, or of course you can email me and I'll get you on the list. Jim, so I read this quote this morning, and I know how much you love quotes, but I read it this morning, and it so spoke to what we were talking about today, I thought I would share it with you and everyone. So the quote goes to say, acceptance 
and how we're talking about it is not approval necessarily, but it's recognizing that the facts of reality are what they are. And fighting reality does not change reality. I love that. I just feel like for me, I went on to write in my journal, acceptance doesn't always mean celebration or even approval necessarily. It just stops us from fighting it and it leads us to relinquishment and surrender. Oh, I mean, I hate it, Jim. It's so hard. I mean, acceptance is, I mean, this can turn into a session. Do you want me to cry or do you want to talk about acceptance? (laughs) Yeah, I think that idea of, of sort of bending to reality, you know, and trying to live in what's real. It's hard for me too. It's hard for all of us because so often what is real in our life is not what we wish was real. Oh yeah. Wow. Well, and that's the concept because I've talked to people before and they're like, well, how can you accept the unacceptable? It's like, well, no, hold on. We're not putting stamp of approval on, right? We're not. And you've told me that over the years, you're not putting a stamp of approval on it. What you're doing is you're surrendering to the situation and you're really kind of, you know, it's like the serenity prayer, but you're giving back to God what's God's and you're staying on your side of the street. Like, what do you actually control? You know, that sort of thing. And so, but acceptance, I'll tell you what, it's a big concept. It's a hard concept, but it's a, so I want to have a ton of empathy. If someone's walking through just hell, man, we're not saying like, oh, it's okay. You're walking through it. What we're saying is as you begin to find ways and tools and tactics and community and people to be able to accept the things that are even unacceptable to find peace and joy. And I don't know, man, it's hard. I, you know, it's a good intro, Danny. It's a good start. There's something just so emotionally confusing about it. And it just feels so emotionally even distressing at times because it feels like then I'm destined to, or it's almost like the sense of despair that can come into sometimes in situations. So acceptance feels like giving into the despair of it all, that I'm just basically stuck, right? Therefore, nothing's ever going to change. You know, I'm never going to get what I need or my kids aren't going to be who they, I wish they were all sorts of things, you know, that are so hard that we fight because we want things to be different than the way they are. So to hold acceptance and to hold active engagement Mm. and growth and even aspirations and all those things, right. To be able to hold those together is so important because I think it's really that, that sense of acceptance that leads me to action, but it's action that isn't just self-will. It's not action that comes out of me resisting what is, but of learning to live in reality. Wow. Right. The serenity prayer stuff, right? Wow. Change the things I can, right? Yeah. If if I'm an alcoholic, I can't change that I'm an alcoholic, but I can go to AA, you know, I can make certain choices of how I deal with my life because I'm accepting these parts of my life. It actually gives me more freedom to do what I can do Mm. while living within the fact of being able to be okay with what is. Wow. I think it's very hard to do. I don't think this is easy. It just at our core, it sort of can sometimes can lead us right into this despair. Oh, totally. And fear, you know, and probably the, you know, we live in this age of anxiety, right? So it's this anxiety that there's something wrong and something's got to be different for it to be okay. And acceptance is really trying to bring me back to, no, this is what is, this is what life looks like. This is who we are as humans and other people are as humans. And I think the acceptance helps me depersonalize a lot of that, mm. helps me get out of the judgments and shaming. And often the cycle of effort that ends up just becoming a disappointment and failure, 
you know, I try, 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 try to be different. And I, you know, it's Paul and, you know, in Romans 7, I do that, which I should not do. And when I do what I do not, you know, I don't do, I should do, you know, the, this confusion is like, oh man, yeah, this is every person's story. Totally. And somehow yeah. this grounding of, and this sense of being able to see what life really is. And we're trying to find positive acceptance, right? Not just resignation is what it is. You know, I'm trying to wow. find some positive acceptance of it, that it's okay. And this is good. It's okay. Yeah. You'll hear people get to it, right? I've sat with people who have had cancer, let's say, who are now they have a terminal, you know, let's say a diagnosis and sure they have their grief and their struggle. And, but finally they get to a place of, yeah, I'm going to die, mm-hmm. which we all are, by the way, we all have a terminal <laughs> diagnosis, but we're in denial of that most times, right? We act as if we're going to live forever. But let's say someone really has cancer and I got six months to live or something. And then when they come to this sense of it's all right, I'm going to die and it's okay. And life is very rich and it's beautiful. And they find their way to a place through acceptance of, you know, to embrace each day as it is. Right. Wow. But that man, that's what we're all wrestling with. Oh my gosh. Our own life. You know, what's my cancer? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. And it can be a partner. It can be my own character defects. It can be my child. That's not the way I wish it was. And these things will hijack us because we just find it unacceptable. Wow. Or all of the above, right? It's like we're trapped in this cycle of suffering when we're wishing for reality to be different than it is. I don't know. Acceptance is such a hard word for me. It's just hard. I mean, I think that's the big leagues when you can surrender and have acceptance and I have moments of it. I absolutely do. I mean, I probably even have days, weeks, probably that's an exaggeration. <laughs> Jim's laughing right now. Oh, really, Danny? <laughs> Think about it, Danny. There's, there are certain things that we have absolute acceptance over mm-hmm. okay? because we don't even think about them. So we never talk about, oh my gosh, I'm so disappointed. I'm so beating myself up because I can't run a four minute mile. You never even think about it, right? Because I, I don't even, that's not even in the realm of possibility for me. I'm not going to ever do that, nor do I even want to. So in a sense, I'm accepting that, right? Okay. I'm accepting. I'm not going to say, man, I really wish I was six feet tall, you know, and I'm never going to be six feet tall, right? And I'm never going to have blue eyes, let's say. So there's a bunch of things that you don't even realize that you actually accept because they don't cause you distress and you don't think it should be different than what it is. In those Whoa. Right. Tons Whoa. Of Drop the mic, Jim. Wait, say that again. That's some good perspective right there. That's you some or, good you perspective. practice acceptance in many areas of your life because it just is, you don't even think about it because you're in acceptance of it. Wow. I'm not, I'm not distressing myself. Oh, it doesn't mean anything because I can't run a four minute mile. It doesn't mean anything to me. And I'm not measuring myself against this. Right. I'm not, you know, comparing myself or personalizing that in some way, right? So in that sense, we could say, yeah, you're accepting that. And when you do, all right, I don't beat myself up with it, right? No. Well, that brings us back to what you said a minute ago. You said two great points that I want to circle back to. The first one is the judging. We judge ourselves. We judge ourselves for being ourselves. You said that to me you know, 20 times. If you said it once, I judge myself for being myself. I judge myself for my struggle with anxiety, right? Some of it's just biology, some of it's DNA, some of it's circumstances, but the reality is I'm an anxious person. Like I, and I haven't surrendered relinquishment. Like if Jesus heals me of it, hallelujah, I'm going to be so excited. But the reality is, you know, I'm learning to live in it. That's part of the acceptance. Even the alcoholism, you know, you said a minute ago, 
that doesn't mean I'm surrendering like, okay, well, I'm going to go drink since I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Well, no. Then you mentioned the action, like, you know, I'm still going to do steps to help the situation, but it's, there's no point in shaming ourselves or judging ourselves. Like you don't judge yourself for not being able to run a four minute mile. That's fascinating. So it helps you with judgment, Mm -hmm. you know, helps you with the self-shaming, this comparison that we do that most of these things will never be able to be what we think we should be. And that gap between what we think we should be and what we are or what we think life should be and what it is, that gap is called hurt, sadness, anger, disappointment, frustration, all sorts of distress, right? We rob ourselves because, you know, we have this now impossible expectation or hope for something. Yeah. Wow. Even regret. I mean, regret is in that gap. There's so many things that are in that gap. Yes. Huge. Even, okay. So I'm going to be honest. Well, I'm honest, but this morning I was putting on my belt and I have this leather belt that I've had for you. And I thought about this call and I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And it's too tight. I've gained weight in COVID. Who cares? Whatever. So have everyone else, whatever. And if you haven't, hallelujah, good job. Way to go. But I've gained weight, but this leather belt, it hurts my back. So I grabbed this fabric belt and I put it and it's like, I'm accepting the belt is more comfortable. That doesn't mean I'm surrendering like, okay, well, you know, I've gained 20 pounds. I might as well gain 40 more. I mean, I'm accepting, but I'm still doing actions, you know, trying to walk and drink water and all the other ridiculous things that don't work, by the way. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm sure they work. I'm sure you guys are all healthier than me. Whatever. I'm not somewhere. A, I'm not a health coach. Whatever. <laughs> Consult someone else. But you know what I'm saying? Like I was laughing because I was like, oh my gosh, this belt is so much more comfortable. And I've just accepted that that leather belt hurts. It doesn't fit me anymore. Give it up. I might as well burn it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That doesn't mean I'm never going to fit in it again. It just means it doesn't fit right now and whatever. I don't know. But I thought about our call because I was like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. This fabric yeah. belt, I'm accepting. I'm not judging myself you know, that I can't fit in that belt. I think sometimes we're wired to think, and probably in some ways, many of us grew up this way, that change had to happen uh, because we were scared of, you know, of punishment mm. or shame or embarrassment that we let ourselves just feel good about ourselves. And we're just going to all go to hell in a handbasket. And so we lived often, you know, under this sort of pretty sort of intense, if not abusive kind of motivation you know, to change. Because we really don't trust that if we accepted that that actually is a better place from which then to grow and change, Hmm. right? If I truly accepted, then, you know, yeah, then people just take that as license, right? You know, this is the people said, well, gosh, I accept I'm alcoholic, then I might as well get the 24 pack and just, you know, have a fun time every day. Because we don't really trust that if we accept it, then we'd be able to, that'd be a place from which we grow and change and enrich our life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. There's so many things I'm thinking about because I'm thinking about people listening who let's talk about a bigger issue or not a bigger issue. They're all big issues, but a deep issue they have because we could argue that, well, okay, I have some control over my alcoholism because I can put the bottle down and Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I'm not still struggling in certain situations, but let's talk about things that have happened in our childhood that we had zero control over. Let's say somebody was abused. Yeah. When Jim is saying, if I'm understanding you right, in which I think I am, because this is what you've taught me over the years. But when you're talking about acceptance of like child abuse stuff or some a betrayal, a spouse cheated on you, or even things that you have done, you're not putting your stamp of approval on it. 
what you're saying is it's reality. It's happened. Where do we go from here? Like, how do you surrender? How do you lean into building the best life with what you've got? Right. Am I explaining that right? Is that kind of where? So, yes, in a way. So I think there's a little bit of conditioning to feel like we're created, we're in the garden and we, the humanity fell, we got kicked out of the garden. And so everything short of that now, we're living in this cursed existence. Okay. We don't live in the garden anymore. And everything will be better when we get back to the garden, which is heaven for us. You know, someday we're going to have all tears will be wiped away and we'll get to heaven. Right. So everything sort of in between is sort of part of the fall and part of the curse in a way. And I think that that sense of that robs us of seeing the good in the now, seeing the blessing in the now, as messy as it all is. Yeah, you can go to probably some manicured garden somewhere that they have a thousand gardeners crawling over it every morning to make sure it looks perfect when you walk through it, right? But the real gardens, you got weeds in there, you got bugs, you've got you know, stuff you got to work on, you got some plants that are dying, and it's just what a garden is, right? And yet, really, that's our life. And so that sense, though, that we just really are displaced. And I get it. I get there's a part, especially in the Bible, of us being sort of foreigners in the land. But that sense that goes into our life, a sense that I'm not living the life I should be living. Mm. And of course, we compare ourselves to others because they're, of course, they're living the, the good life, right? They've got the good thing. They've got the bigger house, the nicer spouse. They've got the kids that, you know, go into, <laughs> um, you know, UCLA or something, right? Totally. And that whole, you know, comparison that just continue to help to have us look at our life that basically it's, I'm basically stuck, basically. And this is a life that is, I'm not supposed to be living. Totally. Totally. I'm up a creek without a paddle or I'm screwed or yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. or it's too late. And that all leads oh, to yeah. despair. Oh, and oh, yeah. I'm, it's an R, you know, get to my age and you're like, okay, it's game over, you know, and you can't go back and redo this. Yeah. It's all the would have, could have, should have that you know, collide at this thing, right? So I think acceptance is really more shifting because it's not just an intellectual thing. There's an intellectual side to this of a way that I view life, but it's also this emotional practice of mindfulness and an embracing my life. But acceptance then becomes me sort of aligning myself, myself to embracing my life as it is, seeing within my life even in all the messiness of it and the weeds and the dead plants and things that have gone on, even in some of the struggles, right. That have been in life seen in, in that the call, being able to see it all and see God's stamp and approval and grace and love. Right. Mm. You know, the church that I've gone to in my area, they have a saying that they come as you are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So you don't, you don't have to, clean up before you come. You just come as you are, be who you are, right? This idea that God said, you come as you are and God's love, you know, and care and, and approval isn't conditioned that you clean up your garden. It's just the garden as it is. And listen, we all work on our gardens in time, but you know, we're learning to embrace this life in between here as this is, it's okay. And then our task is to figure out how to get what I need to live this life in my garden. Mm. And everybody's garden is different. I'm telling you, some people have really rough ground. Their garden is not, you know, their biology, their family history. I mean, they got a garden with a lot of clay soil and it's pretty rough, right? And some people, well, I guess lucky them, maybe, maybe, may not. But some people were born in their gardens already like a beautiful manicured orchard and it's 
has generations that have built this history of gardens and they got all these little secret spots that, you know, their great, great grandfather built that kind of stuff. Right. Most of us, honestly, most people I know, they got a pretty crappy garden to start with. (laughs) (laughs) But then it's sort of, I take it then to say, what I'd like to say to people is, you know, you're not to blame, but you are responsible. Okay. So get out of the blame game. It doesn't help. It doesn't get you anywhere, either blaming yourself or somebody else. But then I take my responsibility and I say, okay, now I'm embracing what I have here. And I'm going to, within this garden, I'm going to continue to work on my garden. Okay. And the crazy thing is, Danny, this, I got a garden and I say, man, I, I was born into history of abuse. I've got fathers that were, you know, either alcoholic or abandoned their families. I got, you know, codependent mothers. I got history of all sorts of struggles and I'm my biology I get and I get all that history. You know, it's pretty clay soil and it's pretty rough. I got to go out there and work my garden, right? And so all of a sudden I'm going to try to find some tools. I'm out there digging. I'm out turning soil. I'm adding amendments. I'm getting other stuff to bring in to throw into the ground. I'm trying to find plants here and there. And lo and behold, wow, I'm pretty buff. (laughs) You know, I'm probably healthier than the person who doesn't have to work his garden. I'm actually have more, you know, in a certain way, it's better for my body because I've had to work this thing over these years. I actually know what it's like. I've got to really learn about plants. I've got to really learn about, you know, the area I live in and then what works here and what doesn't work because I've had to work my garden, my life, and because I've accepted that this is it. Wow. I'm not going to have another one. I've accepted this is the land I get to work because I've actually getting good things out of this. Wow. And you'll hear people say this. You'll hear them say, man, yeah, yep. I'm whatever their thing is. I'm, you know, I wouldn't have asked for it, but I see the blessing in having it. Oh, for sure. I mean, you had struggle with it. I think it's beautiful when we can hear people's stories, when we hear about their suffering or about their loss or about their raging anxiety that they had to work through or their raging resentment that they had to work through. And that's what you're talking about, about doing the work, right? Not just drinking because you're resentful and you deserve to have another drink because of your childhood or your going off on your spouse because he did X, Y, and Z. And I want to say a little caveat in here. Cause I know, you know, if someone's in, in like an abusive relationship, I don't think we're saying accept that surrender to it. No, get help, reach out, find a good therapist, find a good friend, find a good pastor, begin to figure out what to do with these situations. And I think that's what you're talking to about as well is finding acceptance is giving you the courage to be able to take action. When we live in resentment and bitterness, we're on our heels. We can't do anything when we're, I mean, I know for me, I was so in my own life, resentful or bitterness or regretful or fearful that there was no action. Those attributes give us no action. So what you're saying is by accepting, by actually like, okay, this is the suffering I get to deal with. You're leaning into it. You're building community. You're learning to deal with it. You're getting buff, right? Being able to deal with it. And so, okay, no, that's a beautiful illustration. I don't think you've ever shared that illustration with me. That's beautiful. I think you're right. So the things that are in my garden, let's say my life, and I can curse the garden, right? I can just be so mad that I just, you know, throw down the shovel and I just lay down and hope to die. You know, I could just not even water the garden because what the heck, it's going to die anyway. I'll just let let it die. You know, it's let be just be a desert, right? And many of us feel like our garden is a desert. Okay. Mm. 
And I get how that can be so hard because it often when we have such difficult things, it can feel so despairing. Like I don't have agency. I really can't make a difference. And this is very common, especially if we're abused as children, that we didn't have this sense of control over our lives. Mm. And so the sense of acceptance feels like I'm letting go of any control. This is just life, right? You know, I don't have any control. So I guess I'm just a victim of this whole thing, right? And that's the other huge part of this that can be a little bit of the trap in that acceptance is just feel like a victim of it because many of us have this victim identity, you know? Well, because we were victimized, right? So many people have, you know, I know some listeners are walking through some really hard times, so they have been victimized, but how do you go from, and this is probably a whole other podcast episode, but how do you go from living not as a victim, but with the history of being victimized? And part of that is acceptance and not arguing with reality and, so yeah, keep no, going. I think, it, awesome. I, think it, I think you're exactly right. It's through that door, that feeling of victimization and that feeling like I really can't really affect and make much change. I'm dependent on other people. I'm dependent on the circumstances. And many times those are circumstances that are never going to come to fruition. And so I'm stuck, basically. I'm wow. screwed. You know, this, you that, s- that despair. Do you see that so much in people? I mean, you work with people day in and day out, but is that a big thing where, I mean, I don't think it's just me, right? Well, no, no, it's huge. And I have to fight it myself. You know, that is very easy to get into a little bit of self-pity and that feeling of victimization that I've got to wrestle with also. So this is back to what I always tell people, and and I still believe it, half of counseling, here's half of counseling. It can take a week, it can take five years. Half of counseling is, I'm not the victim. Mm. Now that's really hard because it can feel at times like you're shaming the victim in that because people are victimized. People have done bad things to us. We probably have done bad things to other people, right? But when I say that, it's really more this orientation of there's a difference between being victimized and being the victim. The victim is this sense of hopelessness and powerlessness, the hopeless, helpless feeling that we get because we're just stuck and we really can't affect much at all, right? So in that environment, acceptance then just feels like resignation and despair. I guess I'm just stuck and, you know, and I guess someday I'll get lucky. I'll go to heaven. Then we just look forward to that. And I think what we really want is we want to be able to, to be able to re-empower ourselves through acceptance, right? It's not through just self-will. It's not just through, I'm going to really work hard and really work hard. So I'm going to be whatever that thing is. I'm going to be the, the body of a model or something, right? Come on, even the models don't have those bodies, right? These are all. There's some really bodies. good filters on oh, Instagram it's now. crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> So when I really say, wait a minute, I'm never going to have that body. People don't have it anyway, or I'm not going to have that spouse, or I'm not going to have those kids, or I'm not going to have, certainly I'm not going to have a different past. Mm. You know, it is not hard to even meet somebody and they, they talk about their past and, you know, going on vacation with their family and, oh yeah, I love my, oh, I love my mom and dad live right down the street from us. I so love that because they come and they help with the kids and they, oh my, it's just great. And yeah, we have this imagining that they have this whole big, huge fantasy family life, Everybody's so happy, you know, as is uh, Norman Rockwell kind of stuff. And we'll never have that, right? And maybe they do some, I don't know. Yeah. I've talked to enough people to realize everybody's got stuff in there. <laughs> but maybe some people do have an easier life than we do. That's true. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that have harder lives than us too. Mm. I don't know how to measure it all. You know, we weren't born in Sri Lanka either, right? You know, true. <laughs> you know we're not living in Afghanistan right now. And within my life, that positive acceptance and embracing of my life as it is helps me then engage my life and find agency and find, okay, empowerment. What can I do? Wow. What are the steps I can do to help? You know, 
this now helps me engage my life. But it's always a dialogue with that acceptance and and realizing that it will always be a one day at a time forever process. Wow. Right. You'll see this in the AA program and they talk about the 12 promises. So the AA has the 12 steps. Everybody's familiar with the 12 steps, but then there's a, another list of the promises that you get. Right. And it's really cool because the list is like, you know, the slowly find more serenity and joy relationships, working better, having more wisdom as I come up to things. Right. Because I've shown up and done my work, but AA also will say until we find acceptance, you can't do your work. Because otherwise, all your other efforts will be self-will. And you're actually going against the tide. You're swimming against the tide wow. of reality, let's say, you know, if you're in either in denial or just self-will. This is very much scripture, right? Scripture is very much about the fact you can't do it on your own. We're, totally. We're dependent on others in our journey. And you know, we can't just do it ourselves. Totally. But that sense of not being the victim helps me then one day at a time figure out what the next steps. And sometimes they're really small steps. I mean, now, all right, I maybe I can't get a body as a, like a model, but I can walk out the door and go for a 20 minute walk. Totally. What's that quote? That. Small hinges swing big doors. Yeah. 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 I like that. I like right? that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Those little changes that I can make. Right. So all of a sudden that acceptance of it begins to give me the responsibility that helps me feel a sense of, agency that I'm not just helpless here. Wow. I'm not just stuck because so many of us just feel stuck in that loop of feeling like that despair. That's the inner child loop of despair. So I think there's two main loops. One is shame. Never going to be good enough. I'm not good enough. The other one is despair is I'm, you know, never going to get what I need. Basically. Wow. And acceptance wow. that leads me to the other part of acceptance is it's acceptance is that life is hard. Life is difficult. Life can be challenging. We have all sorts of stuff that happens to all of us at times and can be difficult. And listen, there's no guarantee that our, you know, we won't get hit by a bus or our kids won't go sideways and start doing drugs. There's no guarantees. But within acceptance is also that, wow, there's things I can do with my life. That's acceptance too. And I, I accept that I feel better when I go take a walk than I just sit here and watch reruns of whatever the show is. Downton Abbey. That's Downton my Abbey name. Again. Right, 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 right. <laughs> totally. And then there's discipline and there's effort and there's, all that stuff comes out of this. It's not absent from it, but it's a sense of self-responsibility, constant in dialogue with revisiting, not being in resentment because I got to go work this garden that I, I don't like this garden, you know? In fact, really what we want to do, Danny, eventually is I want to embrace my garden. I don't get someone else's garden. I get my garden. And I'm going to embrace this as my garden. And I'm going to do what I can do. And heck, it may not always be the look like some, you know, perfectly manicured garden, but it's mine and I'm going to enjoy it. And in time, you'll see little butterflies show up and birds mm. will start to come and you know, stuff so will happen. Yeah. It'll still be a mess probably, but it's still, it's my garden, right? <laughs> totally. Well, as you're talking, I was thinking, man, acceptance really gives us, I mean, we can't do it for this reason, but as you were talking, I was thinking, man, acceptance really brings us a little bit of a sense of control again. I feel like there's so many situations that are out of control. We can't manage. And Jesus is like, surrender, accept reality. Don't fight reality, surrender to it. Then as we accept it, then we can begin to take agency and begin to implement things to change what needs to be changed. Work on, you know, like you're talking about the garden, what needs to be worked on, work through the shame, the regret from the past or childhood abuse or whatever it is, whatever your thing is. Through acceptance, you get permission to actually deal with those things. And I think what you're saying too is accepting does not mean that 
you're going to be destined to despair or destined to shame or, you know, have a scarlet letter over your heart or your mind. It's actually giving you permission to deal with it, accept it, and then begin to change. I don't know. That's what came to my mind. I think that's really well said. Acceptance actually frees me from the despair and of the shame. Mm. Okay. So think of those. I'm now finding agency or, you know, effort, and that's not always easy to find where those tools are and things I try to practice because we all are, can be lazy or depressed or, you know, struggle. But if I'm not in despair or in shame in those places of judgment, I actually can be, I think more so than I'm at the task of being me. And one day at a time, it's my job to self-parent. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I grew up in a really unhealthy, dysfunctional family. All right, I can't change that. So that's part of acceptance. But I am now, I can try to be self-parenting. I can try to get those tools, reach out and do what I can do. And that can be really satisfying and build a lot of, not only just hopefully more love, joy, and peace, but self-respect, you know, some sense of empowerment that comes from that, okay? And those, Danny, all those happen within me, Mm. right? So much of what we come up against and why acceptance seems so hard is because I feel like I'm dependent on stuff outside of me. So the situations, there's things outside of me that I find unacceptable. And listen, a lot of it can be things even within myself I find unacceptable. But when I then shift that sort of formula, you know, calculus of this, and it's really me saying, you know, no, I, maybe I can't change, you know, certainly can't change my child. Or maybe I can't change that my son right now is wow, is not making good choices and is an alcoholic or that, you know, these different situations in my life that are, you know, really unhealthy. I'm catching it, but I can work inside of me on me. And when I do that and I make those steps to take care of myself and to self-parent, you will find other blessings that come. You will find community. You will find things in your life that all of a sudden, surprise, surprise, you'll find more joy, you know, in that journey. I love that. Yeah. And people, as I've seen people lose kids, the the worst of the worst, you know, they lose a child and they end up showing up and doing what they can do. They cannot bring their child back, but they do the next right thing and they make their choices and they slowly start to, and they would say the grief is still there and there's sorrow, but then they find this purpose and they find even joy and community and they're able to move forward. And that's, wow, wow, give me that. Let me have some of that. Totally. Well, and to circle back in the beginning, you said, you know, you sat with people who terminal illness, they have six months to live and then they find peace because they've accepted it. And then they can actually go live their life for the next six months or, or whatever, and find joys in the garden, quote unquote. Right. And wow. Wow. Yeah. But you know, it doesn't work in your gardens work. I'm not saying it's like all just hurrah and yippee and I get to do it. No, some of us have a lot of rocks in our garden. So I have to really try to figure out how to turn the rocks into a fence, right? Into a, you know, make a nice little wall there, mm. you know? And some of us have just really soil that we need a whole bunch of amendment. I need a lot of people coming over and helping bring stuff over to my garden to help it, right? I'm not saying it isn't a challenge. You know, some life circumstances, when you know, as we try to grow can be, there's a lot of damage that can be in there. So we want to have a lot of humility and not to compare gardens. In a lot of Man. I'm working, I'm working my garden. I'm figuring out how to make this work. And sometimes I got to truck water in and sometimes I got to go ask for help as, you know, and see if can I borrow can. some of your dirt? Yeah, <laughs> can exactly. I borrow your plant? That's exactly right. Yeah. That's and it takes a lot of manure in that. I want that sunflower. Could I borrow that sunflower? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not saying it isn't a challenge in all of us, me included. It is so easy for me to not 
do the things to take care of myself, to not self-regulate very well. And at least for me, I know pretty quickly, like my anxiety, I know pretty soon what's going to show up when I don't take care of myself. Totally. I'm pretty familiar with that, you know? <laughs> You're an expert in gym. Okay. Yeah. I, I, sort of, I sort of mostly know what to look at them. Not pretty. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. But, you know, when you see Danny and you've seen it too, I've seen it. You see people with situations that have disabilities or a child with a disability. I've seen it. I was struck with the Olympics that just were on that the bobsled. I don't know if you saw this, but the gal who did bobsled, she has a two-year-old son and she got a couple medals. Crazy. And but they're talking, they, they did a little spot with her son. Her son was born with Down syndrome and was born deaf. Oh, wow. Okay. And you could just see her joy. And they talked wow. to her about her son and her joy about her son. And he's coming along. Yeah, he's still working on things. And you could just see this like, wow. And most of us would say, oh, I don't know how you deal with that. And what would this be like? And she was embracing this and wow. finding, and I'm sure she'd first tell you that there's days that are really hard and it's hard not to compare her son to somebody else's son. But you could just see in her that she's doing life. That's her garden. That's her garden. That's beautiful. And, um, and she gets to now bless, hopefully, her son and help him have the best life possible. Wow. Yeah. God bless her. What a great testimony. I need to Google that. I want to see that interview. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. Okay, Jim, thank you. This has been incredible. Do you have any closing thoughts or three takeaways or you guys do one, two, and three? Or Well, yeah, let me say this. It'd be easy now to make acceptance another place of shame. Mm. Easy to say, oh, you know, I'm not being accepting enough. You know, now you judge yourself because you're not able to be accepting, right? So it'd be easy to sort of shame yourself over acceptance. And I would try to say this, accept that you can't accept things. <laughs> wow. So trying to dig a little deeper underneath it and continue to go that this is a hard thing to do. It goes against our instinct. It, it can feed to despair. So I think it'd be easy to, to hear this talk and feel like, oh man, I'm not doing it right. You know, I, I got to learn to be accepting. This becomes your new standard, your new measurement, you know, and place a disappointment. So I would say, oh man, be, it's a gentle path. Be gracious for yourself as you go through it. Secondly, acceptance is not a secret way of changing things. Okay. And this is hard too, because acceptance will lead you to change and growth, but you don't accept as a secret little technique to change things because you really don't accept them. Darn it. Did you not hear me like 20 minutes ago? I was like, wait, I think I figured out the formula. Yeah, so if yeah. I accept, I can then change. Yeah, that's okay, it. That's so it. I took the bait. I, I this is it. it. This is a, such a, ah, I do it too. And it's so hard, but it's like, okay, I'm trying to truly, so right now, you've heard me say this many times, but right now I have today what I need today to live today. Hmm. Right now, acceptance isn't a strategy for the future. It's a practice, a spiritual discipline for today to be okay in today. Wow. Even though it does then lead me to all these other empowerments and, you know, things that an agency I'm working on things, right. I'm still responsible to live my life and self-parent. So acceptance isn't absent that, but it's really not, it's not a technique. It's really more in a place of peace and grace to come back to. I'm right now where I'm at. I have what I need. Now, Many of us would say, well, I don't know what that looks like. What do you mean? You know, okay, well, we're going to find out how to flesh that out and create a life you can live in and do the things that you give you what you need to live today. So we're trying to do. So I have what I need today to live today. And I think if I have that, then I'll have tomorrow what I need tomorrow to live tomorrow. 
even though for all of us tomorrow is going to bring something. Mm. For all of us, we're going to have some challenges, you know, but I'm really walking in this, not as a secret strategy, you know, to change it, but it's truly to say, it's okay. What I have right now is okay. We all live in between, right? We're trying to leave Egypt. We hope we're not just living in bondage. Many of us are still trying to crawl out of it and find our way, you know, across the Red Sea. That's did not part for us. (laughs) And I don't think any of us are living in the promised land. We're all living in this in-between, you know, place. And as we're doing that, we're one day at a time, we're finding those practices to live it well. Wow. I hope this does not lead people to feel like it's another expectation on them. And they're doing it wrong if they're not accepting. No, I love that. You said it, be gracious and be gentle with yourself. Life didn't come with a manual of how to accept. It's more of one day at a time. Yeah. How to live your life, peace and joy. So, yeah. And I think in our world, it's so hard because we have these expectations and it's in our face all the time, social media, things like that. It's in our face of what we're not, Mm. of what we're missing out on, right? What other people have. I mean, it's just this whole sense that the good is out there somewhere, right? It's not in here. It's not in the kingdom, not within. It's out there somewhere. Mm. And other people have X, Y, or Z. You know, I don't. Wow. It's torture, you know, and we uniquely are exposed to this because of our the computer and internet and social media. We're, yeah, the phone, all that stuff is in our face all the time. Totally. So totally. That, that much harder to accept, right? If everybody was just like us, we lived in a little village and everybody basically was basically very, very similar. Like most of humanity, that was the, what it was. People were, there wasn't that much difference in most people's standard of living in life a lot easier, right? You didn't even know what was going on. People that lived in Palestine, you know, back in the day, really didn't even know what Rome was like. They heard some idea of the city there, but they really didn't know what that was like. Heck, they probably didn't even go to Jerusalem, but, you know, maybe during the census, maybe they didn't know that they're in a little village. Their point of reference and comparison was just like them, basically. Now we have the whole world to compare ourselves to. My gosh. That is yeah. such a good point. Okay. That's our next podcast episode, okay. you guys, okay. next month. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, you're the best. I appreciate you so much. You know hey, how much I'm a it's fan. Good. So, Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.